I was talking to uh, Harold Burke this morning in the cafe, and we, we were talking about some things, and um, we got to talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and I said, man, this has just been, this has been, well, first of all, I'm like, we've been in this for a long time. And, and, and I'm thinking, it's like, how in the world do you rush through such a heavy teaching? You know, and, and, and the more we're in it, and the longer we're in it, and, and, and the more we learn, it just seems like it's, 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 it, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. I don't know how you feel about it. If, you, if this is something that's easy for you, where you're saying, oh, this is easy, you know, easy stuff, uh, please come and share with me because it's, it's not easy for me. Uh, to the point to where when we sing, the, like the last song we sang, where we sing, Jesus, I surrender, take my life, take my life. I mean, that is like a daily, that's like a daily struggle for me, where I'm constantly coming to Jesus on a daily basis saying, take my life, because there's still pieces of it that's Gale. There's still pieces of it that's, that's searching for the kingdom of self. And, 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 and I would suspect that for many of us sitting here this morning, you're, you can resonate with what I'm talking about, where, where you come in and you sing and you hear teachings and stuff, and you're like, man, that's what I want. That's truly what I desire, but it's a struggle. It's a fight. And, and I just want to encourage you to say, please keep on. Keep on keeping on. The, the, and I know that sounds cliche and everything, but the, for me, it's, it comes down to the, the hope of the gospel that says we can, we can do this. You know, that God will give us, uh, give us the strength and the power through His Holy Spirit to live a life that's, that's pleasing to Him. Let's live a life that's surrendered to Him and contrite where we can uh, uh, just be in His presence and, 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 and not only just be in His presence, but begin to understand the truths that bring not just eternal life, but life to the fullest. I think for some, we get hung up on the whole eternal life thing where we say, well, I've got eternal life. Yes, but do you not know that there's so much more to it? Salvation doesn't mean it's a one-time thing, but it's something that it's a process. It's, it's we're living in. We're being saved. We're, we're continually conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about something, again, that's, that's, that I think everything in this Sermon on the Mount is, is, is extremely heavy. Um, and we're going to talk about something, and, and, and I want you to really lean into it. I don't want you to click off and think, well, we're going in this direction or that direction, and, and I don't agree, or I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever perception you may have. I don't want you just to click out of it, and, you know, but I want you to really lean into it and listen to what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to us today. Um, Jesus tells us that without Him we can do absolutely nothing. And it's the Spirit that leads us to truth and righteousness. It's the Spirit that enables us to ascertain the truths of God and to understand who God is to our limited capacity. So please, let's really lean in and allow the Spirit to, to connect with ours. In uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, and, and in this chapter, we started off at the bottom of this chapter talking about um, anxiety and worries, and then we went back. And then we, last week we went back and built up to it and talked about, you know, uh, a lot of the reasons why we worry and have anxious moments is because we're seeking after the kingdom of self. You know, it's it's, it's about what we want. And so as we continue to work back up this chapter, we're going to jump um, up to verse 1, and then next week we'll talk about fasting and, and then begin to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Because if we get this first one, this first part, you can see how it all builds. You know, I don't think anybody sitting in here says, man, I love worrying. I love being anxious, you know. I love my, I just love stewing over something, you know. It's good weight loss and all this, you know. I don't, I don't think any of us would, would say that, you know. But, but it's when we take a critical look at what we're worrying about. It's usually the things that are of the self. And so, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus says this, Beware, beware of practice. We could stop right there. That first word, beware. I mean, literally, 
That's what we're going to talk about today, is when he says, beware. But he says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Beware. What does beware mean? Jesus, uh, you know, I think as we look at this and you kind of look in different definitions, uh, beware literally means to give full attention to, then set a course to keep it. So when G, what Jesus is saying here is, you know, and, and maybe in your Bible it's got a subheading that says giving to the needy, right? I don't know if you've got your Bibles open. It, it talks about giving to the needy. And Jesus is saying, beware. Because you can have a couple different motives here. And this is where he starts, I think, going down this path of the kingdom and the self. And he starts, I, th- I like to look at it like this. When I studied this and when, when we were talking about it and then as I've been praying about it and God's been revealing things to me, I look at it like this where Jesus is saying, you're at a crossroads. Or a fork in the road, I should say. You're at a fork in the road. And I think Jesus' message is saying, you need to be, you need to be very aware. Beware. Because if you go down this path here, it's not going to... You're, first of all, you're going to receive a reward one way or the other. Whatever, whatever fork you choose to take, you will receive a reward. The question becomes, which reward do you want to receive? Do you want to receive the rewards of man? Do you want to receive the rewards um, or you know, whatever you're seeking, you're going to find something. And Jesus is saying, beware, because if you go, you're seeking is what you're doing. You're, you're seeking, but if you go this path, you're seeking definitely in the wrong direction. And you need to be seeking over here where the, the where the, um, that was really cool, wasn't it? <laughs> I said do that on the word beware, not other words. So, can we start over? Um, but he's saying Beware. Because this sets the trajectory of your life. And I think we can look at this and we can say, the reason why that we get so anxious, the reason why we get so worried, the reason why we get so worked up about stuff is because we're over here and instead of heeding this, 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 this call of awareness, we, we miss it and we go down this other fork and, and we're searching for things that fulfill more of the self, the kingdom of the self, than we do the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Jesus is saying, beware. The rich young ruler, beware. You're seeking these things over here. Remember that whole story? What is it? I think he's he's asking the question, eternal life. How do I obtain eternal life? I think there's other things we can put in there too. How do I obtain significance? How do I obtain a sense of worth? How do I obtain... We're all seeking for that sense of value and things like that. How do I obtain those things? And Jesus is saying, well, you can go down this path, but if if you don't want to come up empty and you truly want to receive what you're seeking and truly want to find what you're looking for, you need to focus on God and His kingdom. And you need to sell everything you have. You need to consider the cost. You need to get rid of everything. You need to lose it all. Now, you know, whether that's literal, it could be literal at times, but it could be metaphorically where He's saying you need to crucify yourself. You need to be so focused on, on searching the kingdom of God. The rich young ruler said, I can't do that. I care more about this kingdom over here than I do this one over here. I care more about the kingdom that I'm creating, the things that I'm seeking. I care about those more than I care about the kingdom of God. I think it's one of the most saddest passages 
in the Word of, in the Word of God where someone sees, he's standing at that fork and he says, I can't do this. I would rather live for myself than live for God. I think it is so sad. And we see this in our own lives. We see it in the lives of others. We see it within our church where people are choosing to seek the kingdom of self. And over here, their life is a wreck. Their relationships become a wreck. The things that they think that will, that will pay off never pays off. And it's this cont- continuous seeking. That, that, and they're not finding it where Jesus says, Beware. Beware. Now, really what it does, it's asking us to consider our motives. What are our motives? What, you know, what, what's going to drive us? What's going to drive this motion? And Jesus, I believe, is addressing three motives. Or what, I want to look at three motives today with you. Three motives. And, and these are going to be, you know, when I, this, stuff is, is, this stuff has been hitting me personally. For the, I can't tell you for the past month, two months or whatever, where God has just been wrecking my life because, because I'm seeing these things in my life where I'm like, I'm searching in the wrong direction. And no wonder I feel the way I feel at times. No wonder I'm experiencing and encounter some of the things I'm encountering because I'm not seeking in the right place. And so I think, I think Jesus in this passage of Scripture kind of takes, I think you can see about three different things. In our church we can see three different things. We can see three different types of people within our church, within the world or whatever, but, but within our church we can see three different types of individuals and three different types of motives here that I believe Jesus is addressing in these following verses. And so if you skip over to the next slide, um, this, this is what I want to talk to you about here for a few minutes. He talks about when we give. This whole passage of Scripture talks about giving to the needy. When you give, are you giving for recognition for yourself? Are you giving for accolades of man? Are you giving for those reasons? When you pray, are you praying for the accolades of man? Are you praying that people will see you and think that you're really spiritual? Again, all about this external stuff, right? So when you pray, and he's addressing this with the, with the Pharisees, how the Pharisees do it. And he's saying, you're going to supersede the righteousness of the Pharisees if you don't do these things. Because what they do is they give to draw attention to themselves. You know, it was said that when they would give, they had these metal coffers and things, and so as they would walk by, you know, people that had some resources, you know, would take money out of their pocket or whatever, change, and throw it in these uh, metal coffers that would cling, clang, cling. Hey, look at me. Boom, boom, boom. I've got money. Boom, boom, boom. Look what I can give. Da, 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 da. You know? And they were seeking that reward. And Jesus is saying, if that is the reward that you're seeking, you're, you need to be aware because you're, you're going to receive your reward, but you're going to receive it from mankind and you're not going to receive eternal, eternity. You're not going to receive what you're looking for. When you pray, remember the story where the, you, know, you had the two guys, one guy's praying and he's just emptying his heart out and another guy comes forward and just begins to pray and begins to go through the motions and, and says, man, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. You know, it's like, you know, because he's, you know, da-da-da, or, you know, just really kind of judging this individual where the other guy's just being contrite and humble before God, saying, I'm a wreck, God. But when you pray, you know, are you praying for, you know, the rewards of man to, to be recognized by man or are you praying to be recognized by God? Because that's vastly different. And then when you fast, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Again, in their particular culture, when they would fast, they would walk around with this gloomy, this gloomy look to them like, oh, I'm so spiritual because I'm fasting right now. And you've got to, you know, just kind of look at me. Oh, that guy must be really spiritual because he's fasting and he looks like a rack, man, you know. And Jesus is saying that you're going to get your reward, but you better beware of which side you, you, you go to get that. Now, as we look at this, it's not, I don't think it's just that. I mean, we could leave it at that. 
But I think there's another way we can illustrate it too. And it's not just, you know, giving so that people will see me and recognize me or praying so that people will see me and recognize me as being really spiritual or fasting or whatever. But, you know, the question becomes, are we living for God's approval or are we living for man's approval? And the first one I want to ask this, or the first one here, living for God's approval, I want to look at it from a different perspective. There are people sitting in here this morning that you get it. You get what I'm talking about. You, there are people in here that have crucified and are crucifying themselves on a daily basis for Jesus Christ. When they hear the message of Jesus, when, they, when, they, when they've encountered Jesus, they are, they're so in love with Him. You're so in, there are some sitting in here this morning that are so in love with Jesus that whatever Jesus brings to their attention, they're going to follow out in loving obedience. There's no question there's no second guessing. It's, it's, they're, they're invested. And it shows. It shows. It shows their level of investment in, in their relation, not only their relationship with God, but also in their relationship with this local body here where, where they're, they're in, they've invested. They're all about it. They're about the tithing process. They give. They invest into the ministry of this church. They invest into other ministries out, you know, outside of, of this church. They, their money is driven by the honest of God. Guys, I want to clarify something. This is not about a message of money. But it is a message of money. It's not a message of just time, but it is a message of time. Because those are the things where we see the implications of our hearts. Would you agree with that? You can take two individuals, and one individual is totally captivated by the honest of God. And everything they do is driven by the honest of God. Their money, the way they spend their money, the way they save their money, what they spend their money, whatever it is, it is driven by the honest of God where they realize that this isn't this, this, this my money's not mine. We talked about that. My money's not mine, it's God. And everything I do with my money is going to be driven by the honest of God. And so you see that within their lives, their time. You see their time being driven by the honest of God. You see their activities being driven by the honest of God. You see their relationships being driven by the honest of God. My point is this. There are some of you sitting in here this morning that God has completely captured your heart and you're living in the honest of God. When you come in here and you, you're, you come in with this anticipation to worship God, you're coming in and you're saying, this is going to be the highlight of my week because I'm going to come in and I'm going to give God His praise and His glory. I'm going to anticipate God. I'm going to encounter God today. And you're sitting in here this morning, you're excited because you know that's what's going to happen because you're seeking Him. And God says that when you seek Him, you what? You will find Him. And for some of you sitting in here this morning, you're clearly invested into everything about God. You realize that God has placed you here at this church and you're investing your money, you're investing your time, you're investing your energy, you're investing everything. Everything is affected around you because, because you have allowed God to literally, just, to literally sit on the throne of your heart. I think us Westerners, this Western mindset that we have, you know, it's so easy for us to look at things from a linear value. Or if you start talking, I had a conversation this week, and it's so, I mean, we do it all the time. It's like, well, what's first in your life? Well, God's first. Okay, well, then what's second? Well, it's my family, or it's my wife, or my wife, then my family. You know what I'm saying? I don't, think, I, think that's, I don't think that's the way we need to look at things. Because if we look at the Hebrew or the Jewish culture, they don't see things in a linear value. They don't see things in a linear issue. It's, it's circular. 
Now let me suggest something to you. If God has captured our heart, if God has captured your heart, and you're living out of the oneness of God, doesn't that affect every single aspect of your life? It's going to touch your workspace. It's going to touch your relationships. It's going to touch your play. It's going to touch everything that you do because the essence, and that's exactly what this whole Sermon on the Mount is, the internal is always going to come out and affect the external. Some of you are sitting in this morning, you completely understand that and you're submitted to that. There's another group of people sitting in here this morning, another type of person that we may be uh, struggling with in this, and, and this is what we're doing. We're kind of, this person's going, just going through the emotions. We know what to do. We hear about it. We know what to do, and, but yet we're just kind of going, you're just going through the motions. This is what you do on a Sunday. You come in. You worship God, and, and this is what, you know, you, you worship. Now, this is where it gets kind of, you know, we'll, we'll throw some money in the offering plate. We may go to a, we may be involved in a life group. Maybe, maybe not. We may be involved in some other things. We may not. We may serve. We may not. Some of us may do those things because we understand that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed, I mean, that's what church is, right? Isn't that what religion is? But truth be known, God really hasn't captivated our hearts. We don't do those things because we're driven by the honest of God. We're doing those things because we know that's what you're supposed to do. And so if we would truly be honest with ourselves, we're really not invested in anything when it comes... We're not really truly invested in the kingdom of God. We're we're not really truly invested. We don't really... I'm I'm not so sure we even understand that God has placed us here in this local body of believers to to make a difference within this body and without, you know, and to join together as a family and to make an impact on our world. But we know this is what we're supposed to do. But we may be just going through the motions. We may do some of them. We may not do the others. We'll have arguments or debates about whether we should serve or tithe. I don't really believe in tithing. I don't believe that concept. Usually people who want to debate that are people who don't tithe, right? And they just want to kind of relieve themselves of the guilt or whatever that they've imposed there. Or time serving. Well, I don't have time. I can't serve. So it really, you know. And so you get into all these debates. Well, I don't really have to tithe, or I don't really have to serve. I don't have to do, you know. And so we get down this whole path of just trying to rationalize things out and say that doesn't really matter. That's 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 Pharisaical. That's that's being, you know, um, legalistic and all those things. But yet we kind of go through the motions because deep down we know that's what you're supposed to do. There's another side to this, though, for some, where they've been in this mode, but God's captured your heart. And because you, for, the, for many years, you've sought after the kingdom of self, you've kind of got yourself in a jam. Some of us are sitting in here this morning and we know what to do, but we, truth be known, we're really struggling with it because we can't. We've got ourselves so financially strapped because we've been living for ourselves that we can't, you know, if God wanted to say, hey, I want you to meet this need over here, we, we, we just can't. We want to, but we can't. Because this is where we're at now. We would want to serve more, but I, just, I don't have the time. I just can't because what happened is we're living, now we're living in the crux of some of the decisions that we made back here and we've got to sift through those. I want to say to you, hang on. Because God's going to help you. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight road, but God's going to help you because now God's got a hold of your heart and everything changes. It's not just a quick fix. It's not just a flip of the switch. 
But there is movement into the right direction that says, okay, God, I confess, man. I've been living my life. I didn't take this warning like I should. When you said beware, when you said, you know, I start going down this, and I'm seeking rewards, I'm finding my identity through these other things, I'm finding my identity through, um, you know, whatever it may be, all these other verses, you, now I, I, I get it, you know, I get it, and I'm repenting and I confess. But I'm just telling you that, that I know that some of us probably are sitting in here this morning where we're saying, I want to do these other things, but man, I'm, I've, I've kind of made a, not a mess, but I'm, you know, I'm working through some challenges now. Even though I want to do this over here, I'm working through some challenges. I want to say keep on, keep on keeping on. Because now that God's got your heart, He's going to give you the power. And you may have to work through some challenges, but you need to start in certain areas, not just say, I can't do it. You need to start. You need to put yourself out there. It's called having faith and called having trust. And then there's some others that may be here or may not be here, and these are the individuals that are just doing nothing at all. You know, some, you, know, I, you know, sometimes we'll come to church, sometimes we'll do this, sometimes we'll do that, but, but truth be known, we're, we're really, we're really kind of not doing anything at all. We haven't really bought into this. We really, you know, this whole business of the kingdom of God and being sold out to Him and where God, we, we're living in the allness of God, just, it's kind of a foreign concept to us. We don't really, I mean, it's just, it's, it hasn't clicked yet. And I pray that you will keep coming and we'll keep having conversations and maybe you'll get plugged in someplace into a relationship where someone might share something with you and the Holy Spirit will use that to just open your eyes and realize that you're, kinda, you're on the wrong path. And, and you're going to get your reward, but it's not going to be the eternal reward. It's, it's, it's not going to be a good reward at all, in essence. But it's going to be the reward of, of what you're searching for. Because you're searching for yourself. And you'll find it, but you're not going to like the end results of that whatsoever. I share that with you to, to, to just share with you that this is stuff that's been laying on my heart very much so. I mean, it, this, this has been a message that's been brewing around in me for some time now. And in the body of element, we see this. We see the implications of these, of the, of these three or four different avenues that, pe- that we take. When it comes to like our finances at our church, we ever, it seems like we come through the summer and we come out on a It's like tight, extremely tight. Now some of you are going to say, well, now we're talking about money. That's part of it. That's part of it. But that's not what this, mes- this message is about God having every aspect of our being because let me ask you something. Do you think we're going to be talking about money or volunteering or any of these other outreach or any other thing if God has captured our hearts? I don't think we're going to be having the conversations. I really don't. This is like a spiritual checkup for us. This past week, this was a very, very hard week for me. Uh, and, I, and I'm just going to use this as an illustration and I'm, I'm hesitant to because it's it's very personal, but yet kind of, you know, like, are you kidding me? But we had to put our dog down. And I had our dog for, the, the here's, here's the issue. If she would have been older, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But she was six years old. She was a Doberman. And you looked at her, and she was so healthy. She looked so healthy. She was cut. She looked so nice. She had an awesome disposition, personality. She was awesome around our kids. She loved people. She was like part of our family. We went to a reunion on Labor Day and we have some friends that watch us here and we took her there and when we got her back that week she, she just kind of wasn't herself, you know. And so 
Uh, last Saturday we called the vet and I took her over there and he did some, uh, he looked at her and he did some blood work and he said, man, her red blood count cells are extremely low. We need to do an x-ray to see what's going on. And so they did an x-ray. And I don't know about you, this is where we're starting to separate dog from mankind, you know, because it's like, okay, what's my running total right now? You know, and I feel bad. I feel bad saying that. But I'm telling you what, man, my heart was captured by that dog. And so they did some x-rays and, and she takes me back there and she puts something up on the thing and she says, this is her heart and this is her stomach and, and, and this right here is where her spleen's at and this right here is her intestines. And she said, there's something right here that I, I can't see through the x-rays, but there's something on the spleen. And so she's or about the spleen, where the spleen would be. And she said, and one of the common things with the dog is that they get spleen, the cancer in the spleen where they develop tumors and those tumors start literally sucking all the blood in and then at some point, they'll burst and kill the dog what will happen is two it'll start they'll start leaking a little bit which makes the dog very lethargic which is what we were seeing within her and so i'm a wreck and i come home and i tell you know tell my wife and we're a wreck man you know i i it sounds weird to say that about a dog i get you know what i mean but i i was you know so i started you know started you know just so between Saturday and the, we had, she said, "What I want to do is I want you to bring her back Tuesday for a for a um, for an ultrasound." <laughs> Again, I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so anyhow, so it's one of these things where you're like, "Okay, let's just do." You know, it wasn't like extremely expensive, but it's like, "Let's just do this." You know, so about Sunday. You could see, you know, she's a Doberman. I don't know if you're familiar with Dobermans, but they have this really deep chest cavity, you know. And hers, you know, she had this deep chest cavity, and then she would come up to her, you know, cut. She just looked like a picturesque Doberman. But Sunday and Monday, you could see this part of her stomach kind of starting to, that that abdomen area starting to kind of fill up with something. And I'm like, man. I'm like, this is going to be crazy. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know what's happening here. So we take her in for the ultrasound, and, and, and they're like, man, we can't even, we can't really see the spleen because there's all this fluid around her. And she said, we drew all this fluid, and, and we thought it would be blood from, from a tumor collecting blood and rupturing, but that's not what it is. It's something else. It's, it's, you know, fluid, and it's blocking us really taking a good look at the spleen. And then they did some blood work, and they said, she needs a blood transfusion now. And then we need to transport, I can't believe I'm... <laughs> We need to do a blood transfusion now, and then we need to take her someplace else and open her up and figure out what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, you know, we're, I'm more concerned about the quality of life for the dog. You know, I'm thinking that's what it is. <laughs> All along I'm thinking, how much is that going to be, you know? <laughs> so, so Tuesday, I'm in the room. My wife's in there. Jaden's in there. He's three now, and a little, three and a half, and it comes the time where we got to, Put her down. So I like hold her. They come in, they sedate her, and then they do the shot. This is crazy. There is a point to this illustration, though. Just bear with me. And then, they, and then they, you know, we start talking. And I'm, I'm, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck in the room, man. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm six foot three, and I won't tell you my weight, but I'm standing there as this big guy crying. I'm holding her, and I'm crying. They, we make arrangements, you know, for her body, and, and they said, um, you know, hey, would you mind if we 
looked into her to figure, you know, to do a little research that will help us. And we're like, yeah, it's fine. So she calls me back that evening. She said, man, her spleen looked good. Her heart looked good. Her lungs looked good. Everything looked good. But as we started getting back, we found this huge mass that was pressing up against her intestines and turned her intestines and made them telescope and all these other things. And then it somehow probably started, uh, you know, because of the pressure started just making fluid exasperate out of her, you know, just out of her and stuff like that. They said, "You, you really did make a good decision, you know, for what it's worth. But... But but I, I, I'm like, I, I don't understand. She was so, it's like someone flipped a switch. It's like, you know, I saw her this way and it's this way. And, I, and I'll admit, if she was a little bit older, I know that it would have been hard, but at least you're kind of preparing yourself like the dog's a little bit older, right? But, it, but she was six and she looked so physically fit. And I share this story with you because... When we start looking at our spiritual lives, or we start looking into the health of the church, and we start looking into the spiritual health of things, sometimes on the external, everything looks great. But when you really start taking a good physical, and you start, you start finding things, and sometimes you find masses, and sometimes you find things that's very life-threatening, and all is not well on the inside. When on the outside, everything looks good. Some of us, you know, we, we, you know, and that's the whole issue. Some of us, we have a good picture painted. We may be going through the motions. We may be doing this. But God hasn't truly captured our hearts. I'm sharing this with you as an individual where I can honestly say at times I struggle with that too. Where God, it's like I'm, God, I want God to just totally capture my heart to where everything I do is driven by the honest of God. Everything I do. That's why when I tithe, when I give my money, when I give my time, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm giving it because of the honest I have for God. I've encountered the living God. And He drives everything I do. Here's the problem, though. Sometimes we're sick on the inside where God doesn't truly have our hearts. And if we would just be honest with ourselves. He doesn't have our hearts. Things aren't driven by the honest. We're over here. We can't, some of us want to tithe, but we can't because we're so maxed out over here because we're more concerned about the things that are what I think are going to fulfill me than the things of God. I can't go to a group. I can't serve. I can't volunteer. And consequently, what happens is as a family, this affects everything we do as a church. Our three E's, encounter, express, engage, all are impacted by the health of each one of us, by the spiritual health of each one of us. If, and, and the sad thing is, it's, it's for, for some of us, we're riding the backs of the healthy ones. And God is calling to us and He's saying, I want your hearts. Because everything is going to change if I have your hearts. That's why I cringe when we talk about stuff like this and people say, well, why don't you just communicate the needs? Because that is a band-aid. Communicating needs is a band-aid. I mean, I can tell you that we need more volunteers in the kids' ministry, the children's ministry. I can tell you where Kyle is trying to really develop the student ministry and students are responding to it, but he's come to a precipice where we say, where he says, man, I've got both of these ministries starting to take off at both campuses. I need volunteers. Some of us will start addressing the Band-Aid issue and we'll say, I don't understand why we've got two campuses anyhow. It just stretches us out and blah, 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 blah. Because you're feeling guilty because you don't want to give more. That's the problem. Let's be honest. That's where we put on the Teflon coats. That's where we start looking at these things and we say, well, t- 
take that away so I won't feel as guilty. When truth be known, if the almighty, transcendent God has a hold of our hearts, you and I aren't having these conversations. We're having a totally different conversation because God is blessing the socks off of us and we are so excited about advancing His kingdom in different areas. Geographical and, you know, internally and things like that. God's calling us. And He's saying, stop focusing on the horizontal and focus on me. Focus on the vertical. Focus on the transcendent. Focus on getting to know me. Let me have your heart. Abandon yourself and let me have your heart. I want to read a passage of Scripture. There's a passage of Scripture that I I thought about this. is, you know, um, in in Isaiah 6, 61-6, he says, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like polluted garments. You know, dirty rags, as one translation says. I share that with you because I heard... I, I share that with you because... When we try to do things, when our hearts aren't completely given to God, where God says, I detest that. Your, your worship, your, your acts are like dirty rags to me. What he's saying is this. If I don't truly have your heart and you go about doing these things, the reason why you're doing these things is really just to bring yourself recognition. Because I don't have your heart. When I have your heart and it's driven and I, you're being moved by the things that I'm showing you and I'm, I'm sharing with you and your life becomes just absolutely altered to me, I get the glory. Otherwise, when we're doing it over, over here in this respect, it's just for selfish ambition and it's not giving Him glory, it's giving us glory. And Jesus is saying you can have that reward, but it's not going to be a pleasant one. Malachi talks about the same thing. The minor prophet in uh, Malachi, uh, God used him and spoke him to this me- spoke to him to share this message that says, your, your, "Your worship is off. Your worship is off. Wait a minute. We're going. You know, we're we're doing." And he's like, "Yes, you are. You're doing all the right things, the seemingly right things. But the problem is, it's not driven by the honest of me. You're just going through the motions, and it's unacceptable. And and it's just I don't even know why you're doing it." And if read the book of uh, or read the the book of Malachi and just uh, read what God has to say about their worship and what they were doing, they were just they weren't giving them giving him their all, their best, and they were holding back on that. That's the message that Jesus is teaching us. That's pressing on us to say, I want your heart. I want all of you. I want you to be driven by the honest of me. Don't get focused on these other things. Don't get distracted with this other stuff. I want you to be driven by the honest you have of me. Could you imagine what it would be like if every single person in here this morning came with the anticipation of encountering the transcendent God? Do you imagine what it would be like in here this morning if every single one of us came in and said, God, I want to encounter you, and I just don't want to encounter you. I want to be overwhelmed with your presence. Because you see, that's what God does. God is so much more infinite than our finite minds that when we experience God, go through the Scriptures and read about the people who experienced God because they, they would fall on their faces. Because they realized they were in the presence of someone and somebody that Isaiah, remember the whole encounter with Isaiah, Moses, all these other guys and women that encountered God, they realized, where the, they realized instantly they were human and they were experiencing something that may, they probably shouldn't be experiencing because he was, He's so much more transcendent than them. 
But could you imagine what it would be like if we came in, every single person came in our, into Elements Worship Services, Encounter Services, and that's why we call it Encounter. Because we want to encounter the living God. And not just encounter Him, but allow Him to just press on us how enormous He is. Because I want to tell you something, guys. I truly believe that if we, if we came in with that anticipation, I'm not so sure we're going to have worries and anxieties and things like that. Because God is in control. And God is a huge God. The problem is, for some of us, the reason why we're not excited about our spiritual walks with God is because we've taken this tremendous, infinite God and have reduced Him down into something that we can manage. And I don't know about you, but when we do that, or when I do that, this little managed God is really not that powerful. So it's easy for me to get wrapped up in all these other worries and fears and anxieties and all this stuff over here. Because what's this little thing going to do? This is what I can manage. This is what I can touch, taste, feel. All this, get my arms around. But what would happen if this, we just said, God, we want to encounter you. That's my cry for our church. And here in the future, you're going to hear, when we talk about fasting, I'm going, to, I'm going to invite you guys. I want us to start, what I want to do is I want to set a time for us to fast together. Now, maybe not together as, you know, together together, but like every Thursday or Tuesday or whatever, we know that there's people fasting for the presence of God to overtake our church. That the honest of God would transcend upon us once again and our hearts would be restored not to just proper places in Him, but proper perspectives to know God is in control. God is God. And this stuff around me is not mine. It's His. And I want to live in harmony with that. As the worship team comes back, we're going to give you a time to respond. I pray that you would just... Just respond the way God wants you to respond. If you're sitting here this morning, the Holy Spirit's been pressing on you, I pray that you would respond. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love come forward, pray, sit in your seat, pray, whatever. I would love, I, I, what I would love to see is for God's children to just say, you know what? Here we are. We are on our knees and we're crying out for you. And we want to see you move because the things that we've been experiencing is pretty stale. And we want to unleash you and allow you to just overwhelm us with your power and your presence. So I pray that you just respond to him the way he wants you to. And um, I want you, if you would, please just stand with me right now. I'm going to lead us into a word of prayer. Father, I, um, I pray that you would just allow us to encounter you. And, I, and I, know that, I know that you will allow us to do that, but I pray that would be the, our hearts right now. There are hearts in here that, there, that, that we would be crying out to you saying, overwhelm us with your presence. Crush us with your enormity. Explode the perceptions and the stereotypes and the... And the the, the smallness that we've taken of you and just or placed you in, God, you would just implode that and allow us to just be put in our proper perspective because we're standing 
in the presence of you. I pray that confession of sin would take place. I pray that repentance would, would just overcome us here this morning. I pray that there would be a reuniting with you where those of us that have been walking with you have gotten off point and we went down the slippery slope and we're kind of standing here saying, how in the world did I get here? I pray, God, that you would just overcome us and that you would just, Father, that there would be just this sense of revival take place here at Element Church. Where it's not about us driving you. It's about you driving us. And I pray that we wouldn't go through the motions, but we would be individuals, children that are crying back to their Father, their Heavenly Father saying, I'm off point, but I love you. And I want, I to, I want to be in awe of you once again. I pray that your Spirit would just do a mighty work right now as we, as we engage in this song. I pray that it would just be a time of, of, of response. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.